Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. What's up, everybody? This is Horizon 607. This is the podcast where we talk all things horror and bring you the week's biggest horror movie news. I'm Mike C. And as always, we've got a great show for you this week. We've got some news to talk about. we got a book report. Your friend and mine is back in the studio as always. Well, not as always because he's not always here. But he is back this week and he's going to be talking about a little report action here and uh, of course we've uh we're going to talk to some horror in the second segment too we've got another movie review uh it's going to be a two-parter we'll, we'll talk about that more as we get going we've got a two-part movie review coming up this week uh so that's uh part one is going to be this week so without further ado let me introduce you to the folks that i do this show with each and every week first of all in the last 38 years he has never once ever gotten a pick wrong in his march madness brackets He's my good friend, Rich. That's right. I am undefeated, and uh, I am banned. I am now banned officially from every major casino uh, in Vegas and putting in my bets because they're tired of losing. Uh, but unfortunately for me, I'm not a big gambler, so I usually only bet like a dollar. So I only win like five. But they're just scared one day that I'm going get, to get, get the balls to put in a thousand dollars or better and just wipe them clean. So they're going to ban me preemptively, but it's amazing. Nonetheless, it's an they, amazing streak. They saw the signs. They did see the signs. And, and you know, their eyes. you know, what's and really good though. I found this guy though. His name is Tony. And uh, he told me he'd take care of all my booking needs. So yep. hopefully uh, we're all good there. Amazing. That makes me feel good. It, it should, makes me feel good should. to know that you're the one that I've always lost to. That's, that's me. Years. Yeah, that's me. So ESPN, Dot com, not going to let you do it. They're not going to let you do it. Press no, next. CBS, CBS Sports said, get out of here. Get out of here. We don't trust you. But the truth is, you've done it fair and square because you are intelligent. You know your college basketball and everything else, really. It's true. Uh, it's for true. the most part. I mean, I believe it or not, I'm gonna, I, just, just be in all honesty, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball this year. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's been hard to watch. I'm actually watching it kind of while we're recording the show. Uh, great game going on right now between uh, VCU and St. Bonaventure of uh i believe they're in new york state if i'm not mistaken i know that there's a lot of yes i think so it's good to know you're so. fully invested in the podcast <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna watch the game and let you guys do the show this week so i mean that's that's like every week <laughs> yeah. that's true that's true. usually i'm watching halloween 2018 doing, so. yeah that's one of these days, I might like something in that movie. Well, well, it's shenanigans. The one time you were watching Curse of Michael Myers, I could tell from like all the strobe lights on your ceiling. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And one of these days, I'm going to surprise you and do that again. So, also in the studio with Rich this week, we told you he's going to be doing a book report here coming up later in the show. Oh, he yeah. is the smartest man in all of horror podcasting, and he's also the Dakota Fanning of podcasters. He <laughs> is the professor. <laughs> Well, hello. <laughs> What's up, Dakota? Dakota. Uh, yeah. Um, 
So we determined uh, before the show, actually <laughs> earlier today before we even got to the studio, just chatting, that Dakota Fanning has never grown up. She's actually still seven years old. Yeah. Um, so it's true. So the little girl that you saw in War of the Worlds still, even even though she was in the Twilight movies, wasn't she? Wasn't she in the Twilight yes. movies? Yes. She was still yeah. seven then, too. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. She's actually a vampire. Yeah. She was turned she, when she was she's seven years old. literally a vampire. It, it's the same situation as Kirsten Dunst's character in uh in um geez Chronicles of a Vampire was I was gonna say. Interview, interview interview with a vampire. vampire yes. I think you mean Spider Man. The Vampire Chronicles. Um yeah, but anyways. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sure. Dakota Fanning, um yeah, she's she's a she hasn't really done much, we were saying. Um <laughs> The Alienist, right? I think that's yes. the show. Yeah. Where she's also seven. That's even yeah. on. I, I believe that's still on today. You know what is strange though? Like she was cast in everything when she was younger. And then like she did the uh the runaways biopic. Oh yeah. For yeah. And, and like that was her first adult role. And she was very good in it. I don't know if you've ever saw it. It no. was it was actually very good. And yeah. like and then all of a sudden they were like, no. Man, I don't know if I like adult Dakota Fanning, even though she does a great job. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like I, I feel like she got typecasted when she was a child and it's kind of screwed her out of an adult career, which is a shame. That happens. She's a though, she's a good she's like. a good actress. Yeah. Well now it's her sister that's getting all the roles. Yeah, Elf I saw that. What, what's isn't it like South Dakota or something? Well, it's Al Fanning. Al Fanning. Al right. and, it was and uh the neon demon. Yeah. Dallas. Oh my Dallas Lord. Fanning. Uh, but no, uh, seriously though, if you've never seen the Runaways uh, biopic, mm-hmm. is it biopic? Is it biopic or biopic? I always say biopic. I always say biopic too, but yeah. some people say it's biopic. I don't know. Biopic is like myopic. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't. I don't know. Like, you know what? Hit us up on all, all of our social medias. I think. Let us know what you guys think. Is it biopic or biopic? I know, but you always hear it though. Like people always say, like I don't know. Do they? Yeah, man. We'll have to put up a. <laughs> Listen, we'll I do enough damn Twitter, uh, a poll on Twitter. Uh, well, it's hard because it's spelled the same way. <laughs> well, bio biopic is like an uh, yeah biographical yeah. movie. Or yeah, biopic. Uh, let's see. What's, what's biopic? Pronun- pr- he's he's gonna find out. The professor is on. I'm seat. on it. All right. Well, that's gonna take three <laughs> I'll, years. I'll, rep- I'll report. Back. Yeah. While you're looking that up, why don't we start with the <laughs> yeah, news? Let's get let's get uh, it. We the don't really news. have a whole lot of news this week, but. Uh, between now and your book report, we'll, we'll, I'm sure you'll get the answer we're looking for. Or so not. the first uh, news story I got this week, uh, and it was a light week for news, so it really not a lot here. But uh, there is a new book that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's going to be called It's Me, Billy, Black Christmas Revisited. And it's going to give a behind-the-scenes detail to the 1974 classic. I'm intrigued. So is this a this is this a nonfiction work, I'm assuming, or is it a fiction work? Yeah, it's going to be nonfiction. It's okay. going to be kind of like... Uh, Kind of like uh, the the Halloween books that came okay. out, and you know, like uh, Crystal Lake Memories. It's going to be that kind of a thing. Okay, I was just making sure because I, that could have gone either way. <laughs> like, I'd be interested in this book either way. By the way, is it, it was like yes? A, is it being made into a movie? Because I'm seeing something on IMDb here. No, there is a fan oh, film that's oh, going to okay, be coming out called that It's is. Me, Billy. Uh, that uh, is a direct sequel film. to the original. Yeah. That okay. one, uh, that I'm excited about too. I don't yeah, know how that, it's going to turn out, but I'm excited to see that. But yeah. no, this is just it's like I said, it's like Crystal Lake Memories. It's oh, it's cool. a behind the scenes detail. Everything you could possibly want to know about the original that you may not already know. I'm gonna be checking this out. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is pretty cool because uh, I'm a big fan. But uh, you know what? It reminds me. You said fan film, forty dollars studios, forty dollar films, forty dollar films. We got it, man. We got our first fan film on the way to you guys. I, I, I got. I am gonna announce it here first. You ready for it? Yes. It is a live 
a live retelling of the legendary story of Freddy's Dead. Starring, starring the Broadway star amongst us, the professor, in the lead role. He is of going Freddy? to play Frederick Krueger, uh, but we have to die. change it up a little bit. It's Frederick Kroger, and he's going to uh, speak with his German accent. Kroger. That's the going for it. Your German accent, not your Scottish uh, one. <laughs> Damn you. Uh, and uh, and it's going to, and, and for free, because he thought it was shits and giggles, and maybe uh, some powdery substance will change hands. We got Stephen King on board. I'm just saying. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah, so much allegedly. crazy so, right now. Get out of town. You get out of You get right out of here. Okay. Okay, Arnold's now in the fucking studio. He can't do a German I accent. Can't, I'm going for no, all of a sudden, he can't do that. He can do an Austrian, though. The, the best part so. about it is he's done the German accent before. <laughs> and now, like, when you ask him to do a German accent, he's like, uh, Scottish? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Arnold? <laughs> That's it? So I guess we have That's to wait. True. So one day on this show, listeners, beware. Like, if it's you a, listen to it all the time, you, you'll, you've I, heard it in the past. He's one day going to break into a just, German accent out of nowhere. I just and we're all just going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? When he asked you to do it. Nope. <laughs> I just don't want to go there right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> big, big time. It takes a lot out of me. Big, I mean, big time. It does take a lot out of him. Big timing us because you were basically ah. the, the, uh, the, the, key, ah. the key, the key brick in the uh, human centipede on Broadway. Because yes. remember the right there in the middle, you were the key. Yes. That's true. <laughs> there you go. You are correct. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is. There it is. He, he under pressure. He had to, under pressure. He had to do it. Because... We are werfen und we are in the house. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, can you do a Freddy line in that? What uh, I don't remember any of them off the top of my <laughs> welcome head. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Welcome to welcome, prime time. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a ride. Look for uh, the Kickstarter near you. I understand we call it forty dollars, students. That's only because we're putting our forty dollars in. Welcome in. But uh, <laughs> we'll make this movie if you guys want it. Let us know. It's, prime time. It is coming. It is coming. And of course, don't forget that. I'll don't don't forget that I've also uh, had my my brilliant idea of uh, daylight savings, mm. where yes, yeah, there daylight we go. savings time will hit and uh, just and everybody die. will die except for a select few lucky people. <laughs> I say we kind of. By. I say we kind of remake that with the uh, and those Twilight people just zone. have to continue going to work. Ready for this? I, yes. I, I, say we, <laughs> I, say, I say we use the professor for this again, and we kind of mix that with an old Twilight Zone. So everybody go disappears after daylight savings time. Everybody dies and disappears. So the professor's left with all the books he can stand, and then he breaks his glasses. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> except my vision's like not too Meredith. bad. I can still I can still read. You're acting. You you're not no. being yourself. You're well, acting. I like, I like the idea of like everything. Um, daylight savings happens you lose the hour it pisses you off but then like with everybody dying it would seem oh you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to go to work but then you still have to go to work that would be the that'd be weird who's gonna make you go to work if they're if... i don't know yeah we that's gotta the weird part we gotta work this out we gotta work this one out uh send any ideas if you, if you have any to uh, <laughs> god god so. makes you go to work <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. There's only I can just see it now. I can just see it now. You just the film would be this simple. Somebody's just got to get a hold of their like, put up their cell phone at their cubicles at work, and just like have the office where it's like full, and then just like take another video a little bit later on where you're like the only one there, maybe one other person. Everybody who has everybody who has a job stays alive. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. and they just have to continue going to work, and they just continue going if to you work. Don't go to yeah. work, you die. An hour earlier call, every day. If you call out, yeah. you die. <laughs> An hour earlier every day. <laughs> 
any any this, if if you anything any reason that you don't show up to work you die that's yeah, it yeah uh, that's it you just but why would you, why wouldn't you, i would just want to die i guess uh, yeah me too <laughs> um what so black christmas anyways <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm i'm really excited about this book um the i i mean there's there's a lot of trivia i'm sure about it that would be really cool to find out i mean um we a lot of the cast i mean most of the cast is still alive except for margo kidder bob clark the director has passed sadly john saxon well john saxon yeah um who was who, who plays uh the boyfriend in that olivia hussey's is, is it uh, udo kier yeah no no not <laughs> not, not, not udo, udo kier um kier de, kier, de Lea. Kier, yeah, kier de Lea. yeah he's he's the guy from udo kier de Lea. yeah he, he's the guy from 2001 space odyssey he's dave bowman um, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, he, uh, there's interviews with him. He, he's he's a cool guy. I I want to hear more from him. And he's in his eighties uh, now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's he was a, a young man. It's a young man's game. Yeah, but Udo uh, Kier, such a such a good movie. Um, was Udo Kier the Udo Kier in the new one? No, he has nothing to do with either of them. Yeah, I didn't think so. But the Kier Dule got Kier it's Udo Kier Dule. <laughs> Udo Kier Dulea. Um, yeah. All right. That's a good uh, trivia name. Like It would be a good trivia name, like along D- with Dion, Dion War- Warwick Davis. Dion yes. Warwick Davis. And Dylan McDermott Mulroney. That's another one. <laughs> yeah. So, what, that's, uh, uh, this show has come completely what, off the rails. When already. is the book coming out, though? Again. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's just in the don't works. don't know yet. It's just in the works, but it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Good. So, so well that's just good that. news that's just great news then it is great news yeah. it's excellent news and uh the other story that we've got for this week and this one uh we don't have any confirmation that this is actually happening just yet but according to a report from murphy's multiverse rob zombie is going to be directing a monsters movie starring sherry moon zombie as lily and jeff daniel phillips as herman uh we'll keep you posted when we we know more you know or when it's confirmed but uh, I am curious to see how this is going to be made because that was always kind of like a family-friendly uh, show and, and everything about it. So how is it going to work with all of those people involved, especially Rob Zombie, who can't go two seconds without dropping an F-bomb yeah. in anything? I'm I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. optimistic. Um, yeah, the, cautiously optimistic is what you meant to say? Is what yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I mean... He proved he could be funny with uh, uh, El Super Bisto, um, which is a great movie. If the haunted world of El Super Bisto, if anybody's seen that, his animated movie, I have not. Um, it's a lot of fun, um, and I could see it'd be cool to see him do something different. Um, if if he were leaning more towards like a goofy comedy, and not going so dark and gritty with the monsters. Um, yeah, if they're going to be like trailer trash, I mean, it's going to be, it's not going to work, especially if they're dropping F bombs. Can you imagine Eddie Munster running around dropping yeah. F bombs? I, I just want to say, I, 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 I am cautiously optimistic, but I also uh, understand what Rob Zombie does. So I'm assuming we're going to get a white trash version of the Munsters. Yeah, I don't know if I'm into that. I, yeah. but I really like Jeff Daniel Phillips. I um, do as well. He's he's <laughs> like of 
out of all the zombie movies, like anytime he's in it, I'm like, oh, I want to see more of that guy. But if you yeah. think about it, he's he like basically Rob Zombie's mo is just to white trash it up. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of like what he does. Yeah. Tons of nudity. Yeah, tons of f bombs. And his wife. Tons of blood and guts. And tons of his I... wife shoved down your throat. Yeah. yeah. It's like, just I mean, they're they're gonna have to go like the Tim Burton route. I, I'm just saying. One. I'm sure he needs to be a director for hire on this. Ready for this? I am sure that everybody that we have fans that are big Rob Zombie fans. I'm a big Rob Zombie. I, fan. I, I forgive me if you will, but I mean, with the exception of a few of his films, I'm not a big fan. Oh. And those are the reasons why, because it's the yeah. same see, shit. See, I every see movie. House House of a Thousand Corpses. I loved. I like. Um, okay, I'm right with out you. Of, right out of the gate, like I saw that. And I was like, that was the, something the else. I, I was Every like, movie oh. he's done since, except for, um, whatchamacallit, the Lords of Salem, have been the same movie. Well, Just a different not, title and the character, you know, different characters, but they're still playing the same role. He was riding a good wave, though. Like, House of Thousands of Corpses, there were, it was I like, like that. It was like a carnival version of, like, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and, like, a mishmash of so many things I liked, and he pulled it off, and I loved Dr. Satan, and I wanted more of that. Exactly. Once um, again, I'm with you. I, I, I absolutely like And then that. Devil's Rejects was different enough. Like, it was like, all right, let's take that. Let's break that, like, kind of fantasy world that House of a Thousand Corpses was, like, the kind of fever dream, weird nightmare vision and make Believe it real. Not, I also like that because yeah. I thought it was a cool fucked up Western. Cause yeah. that's really kind of what it is. Yeah. It's like Butch Cassidy, but like with these all, and I'm people. even going to give him, I'm even going to give him a credit. I'm not, I, I mean, I don't think it's great, but I liked uh three from hell more than some people did. Oh no, I did not. Like it wasn't, that. it wasn't great by any stretch of the no, imagination, no, no. but I liked there. it. I, I liked it a little way. bit better than a lot of other people did, which yeah. doesn't yeah, I, mean I it's high. To, I, I, I expected to hate it. Um, and I was like, like that doesn't that mean bad. it's, a, it doesn't mean it's high. Lord, it means, it means out of 10, it's like a three, three and a half, but yeah. a lot of people thought it was a one. And I'm like, there's some scenes in that movie that are, that are worthwhile. Yeah. There are some pretty brutal oh, by scenes. By the way, Maybe this will make you feel a little bit better about the monsters. Maybe not, but Richard Brake is also supposedly oh, going to be starring. Well, in it. I yes. love Richard Brake. Yes. See, there's a, there's the thing. I do love Richard. See, Brake. like that's that's one of the things I really didn't like about uh, Three from Hell is because Richard Brake was underused. Yeah. Like I I was like, that guy is so good. He needs to. Well, they also shoehorned yeah. him in. For, yeah. But there's reasons behind that. Yeah. Let's be honest. We got to give yeah. him a little bit of a break on that one. Richard Brake. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's my problem. It, like the Halloween movies, not a fan. I didn't need white trash Michael Myers. No. I, I'm just throwing it out there. I liked Halloween uh, too. Uh, it was an interesting concept. I liked Halloween two more than Halloween because right. he took it yeah. in an original direction. It was an interesting concept. But, yeah, but yeah. but it, I don't know if it crossed the end zone line. When there it, were certain things like the do it for mommy thing, you know, that's already been done with Jason and Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, so that kind of bothered me. There there were things I didn't like about it, but and then I didn't like, like all the grunting. What he did, what he did, like um, well, the main movies of his that I I mean, it's the three for me. Um, it's House of Thousand Corpses, um, uh, Devil's Rejects, and Lords of Salem, and I would include Halloween too. Um, I I mean I I mostly like it. It's like an anti-slasher movie because like instead of the chase sequences, he like pulls it back and does like slow motion stuff and like 
really weird like versions sure. of it was kind of it was kind of cool I, I was feeling it um i can see why it, people didn't gets, like and it. It, and it, and it and it also goes like like he couldn't get away from the super white trashiness yeah because think about it he even has to make Lori super white trashy she comes from like she's adopted by a middle-class family she's like the all-american middle-class well, girl and then all of a sudden she's white trash that, well, that, how is the sheriff white trash that apartment that's what i need to know that that uh <laughs> apartment the her, yeah, it was more trashy than than halloween her whole um her whole character in that was really too much. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I thought she was great in the first movie p- yeah. portraying. But mind you, like I said, I don't like the movies, but I thought she did a great job of portraying the, the Lori one, character. It's almost the second yeah, one is almost uh, it's unbearable. It's too much. I was waiting. Danielle for her to Harris die. is great. Daniel Harris is really good. Yeah, Daniel Harris. She's really she's like the emotional core of that. Yes. Movie. Unfortunately, she's not the star of the film. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I, I just, overall, they didn't do it for me. Yeah. And 31, 31's mm, rough. Ooh. Yeah. 31's terrible. I did enjoy super beast though, though. It is. Funny. Oh yeah. The haunted but, world. I mean, can we super count, beast. can we count animated movies? It's, Actually, it, he directed it. He wrote it and directed okay. it. I, okay. I mean, it's a feature film. I like his music. There you go. Yeah. Well, and I think he, I, I, I think this, uh, the monsters would be sacred enough for him to not fuck with it too much. Um, I mean, I obviously he's gonna be he's gonna bring his vision. Quote I mean, unquote, allegedly to, to him, Halloween was sacred too, and mm, yeah. well, now I'm depressed. Yeah, now you can't even ask him about Halloween. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, you can't ask him about it. If you interview Rob Zombie, he does not answer it unless you're Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you can't really turn down. He really doesn't talk no, about he, Halloween. Okay, no, so he'll ignore you. He might even his get his up a agent, away from you. His, his agent will tell you, like, before, like, so before you interview certain celebrities, and this is not shitting on him, a lot of celebrities well, are this all, way. Oh, yeah. They well, ask yeah. you, like, a lot of times don't their agent or them will yeah. be like, listen, I don't answer questions about this. I will you know, answer questions about this. We're really here to talk about this. But if you want to ask a couple fan questions, blah, 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 you know, yeah, like, yeah. there's usually like some. So one of his heavy rider items is to not ask about the Halloween movies. So even yeah. he doesn't like them because if he liked them, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, yeah. you know, you would answer them. There was he too won't. much studio interference. I think you can I tell in the, that. you can tell in the commentaries on the DVDs um, that he, <laughs> he's done. Well, allegedly them. he only wanted to do one. Yeah. And I mean, kind of after the ending of the first one, we, we, I mean, he kind of finale that one, yeah, I mean, yeah. a 44 Magnum to the dome piece doesn't really fucking, you don't get up from that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they're like, Oh, it made money. So we're going to make a sequel. So I think that's yeah. where we got that. But to be fair, he also said prior to that movie that he didn't, he wouldn't do uh, some of the things he wouldn't do on in a horror movie was off screen kills and slow motion kills. And, and as you just him. pointed out, yeah. he did them both. Yeah. So that always to me was like, Oh, Halloween two is his snub at the studio. Like yeah, fuck it it. Is. the it things is. that I said that I wouldn't do, I'm going to do in this movie just because I'm unhappy to be here. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I'm just saying the first one wasn't good either. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll give them some. The, the, there is a couple parts of the movie. It's not unwatchable. There are a couple parts of the movie that get you. I, I love how he, he instantly wants to paint Michael as the villain. He yeah. doesn't really want you to have redeemable facts. That's why he kills uh, Danny Trejo's character. Yeah. Because think about it. It instantly makes him the villain to you. Because the one person who is always nice to him, yeah. he kills. So you're like, okay, you're a real piece of shit. Yeah. Like you don't, he didn't watch you rooting for the killer. Right. But he didn't want you to root for the killer at all. Whereas, you know, sometimes the movies kind of get you to the point where you feel bad for the killer. You start rooting for the killer. So I will give him that credit. In the first Halloween, he did a very good job of making Michael a villain. But I'm just saying, I just don't like his style and that's fine. I mean, that's just not for me. If you do, that's fine. I do. Like I said, I'd like House of a Thousand Corpses, but that was new and fresh. Even when uh, Michael kills the bully in the opening, um, the like traditionally that would be like oh we're sympathizing with michael but 
that the, scene goes on long enough and you see the kid begging enough yeah where it's, it's like oh my god yeah, yeah the, the he's wrong i mean there's elements of that movie i i right. know you guys don't That's like it but i i i kind of like the first one elements of it the second one i feel like is the halloween movie he wanted to make and for that i'm like all right and then you get these it, it's like an epic um it's an epically shot um slasher movie um you get it, it's you know like those those um helicopter shots like of of panning over the fi- the fields of Haddonfield with Michael walking like one of the members of the fellowship of the ring you know going across the mountainside like there's these big sweeping arresting shots and like it, it it's like his epic um it, it's kind of weird it's well weird you know movie. what maybe some, someday we'll do maybe a series of uh of these shows where we we talk about the rob zombie films i'm being serious i'd be open I, to rewatch them I, dude, I do know that i did i really enjoyed house of a thousand corpses because it was new and it was yeah. fresh it was something different uh i do actually really that enjoy devil's rejects but devil's yeah. rejects i love it because of the western it yeah. is very much a dark horror western i dig that concept and then, like, after that, I'm just kind of, like, I did like Lords of Salem. Yeah. I will say that. But, I mean, I almost didn't give Lords of Salem a try because I was just so, like, beat down from, like, man, what white trashy shit is he going to do this time? And then I'm like, oh, wait a Lords minute. Lords of Salem blew my but mind. But once again, he stepped out of that realm. He yeah. stepped out of his... So, like, I'm like, fuck, if he steps outside of his comfort zone, I guess, bringing this full circle, the monsters could be good. Yeah. If he goes into a comedy route and does this in a different way than he normally does movies, this could be really good because the last time he stepped out of his comfort zone, in my opinion, was Lords of Salem. And it was very good. So, I mean, like I said, and I was even, I'm even being nice to people. I didn't like Three from Hell, but I liked it better than other people did. Yeah. Because I've still found some parts of it where I'm like, okay, well, the the, the action scenes were good. Yeah. I mean, come on. You have a, you have a cartel war in the middle of a fucking street. Like that's right up my alley for some reason. So I'm like, okay, gets a point there. And there was midgets. <laughs> like I thought, I was having a fever dream, but nope. There, there's a midget running around. It's good shit, man. You always, yeah. Or wait a minute, they prefer to be called little people. I apologize to any midget I might have offended. Little. <laughs> but anyways, uh, always, I mean, always, uh, I, I guess, I guess, I guess we're all always the, all cautiously is the, optimistic. The, about is it. the monsters the monsters the monster cheese the monsters? Um, like any idea where that's going to be? Like it's just in planning stages, or well, this like, is just it a hasn't rumor. been confirmed yet. It hasn't been, it hasn't been confirmed. Apparently, it's happening, but but Rob Zombie has not confirmed it. I mean, I'm uh, giving it a little bit of more of a credence just because there's so many people attached. Yeah, like yes. like like if when you start see here, like when you hear oh well, there's a rumor of a movie. There's usually nobody attached, and it'd be easy if they were like oh well, Sherry Moon Zombie, and you'd be like okay, well if Rob's doing a movie, that's a no fucking brainer. Yeah, so like yeah. like that doesn't count. But when you start being like. Oh, Richard Brake's attached, and like, and then you start going, and I'm like, oh, okay. There's, there's obviously something going on. I think that he hasn't Richard Brake would be a good lurch. That would be fucking phenomenal. Um, Honestly, I'm being serious because who yeah. else is going to play? <laughs> Wait, no, I'm thinking of Adam's family. Never mind. Well, you, you still have a giant. Oh no, that's the pet. That's the dragon. Yeah, what the I hell? can see him being uh, Richard like Brake. Grandpa Monster. Ooh, yeah, Grandpa he, Monster. He could be That'd Grandpa. Be and the great Ernie. Old, the, who's going to be Ernie? That's gonna be fun. Know. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, Elvira is also going to be in it. Oh, Elvira. Well, I believe Elvira. that. Then. Really? Which I surprised that she wouldn't be playing Lily, but you know we got to make Sherry. Yeah, I was gonna say. Center. I was gonna say. Let's be honest, man. Sherry would seem to me more like a Marilyn monster, and yeah. Elvira would seem to be more, the logical person. To, yeah, I agree with that. One hundred percent. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Rounding out the rumored cast is uh, Dan Roebuck, who's another 
uh, regular in, in Rob Zombie's movies and Jorge Garcia. All right. I don't know who he is. Well, with that being said, <laughs> well, uh, if you guys have any opinions or you want to tell me I'm dumb not to like the, the movies and say the professor's right, which I forewarn you, he will never stop bragging about, so you might want to think twice about that. Or if you just want to say hi or whatever, make sure you're uh, liking us on Facebook, HorrorZone607. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorZone607. Use the hashtag HZ607 when we're talking about the show. Uh, for all information about what we do here, just go to 8122productions.com and of course, if you would like to uh, uh, go ahead and support us monetarily, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content and you help everything we do here. So Mike C, this basically brings us to this week's HorrorZone trivia question. Well, that's right, Rich. It is time for the HorrorZone 607 trivia question of the week. And this week, I'm going to try to stump you guys a little bit here. I said I was going to make these more difficult. This one might be a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be, though. So, here we go. This 1998 shocker featured a deranged killer named Captain Howdy. Once again, this 1998 shocker featured a deranged killer named Captain Howdy. The answer... Coming up right after the break. Hey, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you listen to Horror Zone 607. And welcome back to The Zone. Before the break, I asked this week's Horror Zone 607 trivia question. The question was, this 1998 shocker featured a deranged killer named Captain Howdy. Do you boys have a guess? I'm, well, I mean, the name is from The Exorcist, but I can't, I don't know this. I'm just going to go with Fallen with Denzel Washington and John Goodman. It is not fallen. Although I love that movie. It is a great movie. I really that is wish a fantastic movie. I really wish it was the shocker. Oh yeah. Remember that movie? The, huh? That was no. earlier than I know. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say. But could you imagine? Huh? <laughs> uh, no, no. Fuck off. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I waste my good gems on you. Fallen was from 1998, though. Wow, good job! I pounded out so, for that yeah. one, though. You get that, that one. Was close. I love that movie. That is a fantastic. Elias Codius in the opening is amazing. The guy, John Goodman, so good. Yeah, I I have zero fucking clue. Lawnmower Man two. <laughs> Which, oh my god Joe. there was a second yeah, one yeah it's just yes, there was but... a second one and no that is not the answer uh i'll try to give you guys a couple of hints and see if maybe this one okay all right let's do this. uh amy smart was actually in this movie it was one of her early oh roles. my god she was in it robert england was in it urban uh, legend what no never mind is... linda cardellini was in it the mangler nope that's from the 90s at least yeah, urban legend. Uh, like I, said, I just said it. I just said it in the, when we were on was break. It? I said the '90s is not in my wheelhouse because I tried to tune that decade out Captain as far as horror Howdy. movies. If fuck? it ain't scream, it ain't count. This this is the one that's going to give it away because he wrote and give starred in it. Give it away, D. Snyder. D. Oh fuck! It's uh, Strangeland. That's correct. The answer is Strangeland. Ah, see, there we no, go. No. See, I I know the movie. I've I think I've, never, I've seen it one time. I've never seen that. 
I've never I've seen, seen it, it one time. No. I think that you would like it. It's your kind it's of right movie. up your D. alley. D. Snyder, the D. Snyder, dir- Snyder. Yes, directed in yeah. Snyder. It's a really messed up movie. It's actually, if you didn't know better, it's almost kind of Rob Zombie like in a way. That's true. It's Rob Zombie movie Ish. before Rob Z- Zombie movies. Think about it. Rob Zombie's movies didn't come out in 98. Yeah, no, they did not. So uh, that brings us to the professor going to do the book report finally. We were supposed to do that in the first segment. We forgot all about it. We were too excited to talk about Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. So, Professor, you have a, a book that you would like to talk about real quick? Uh, let the people know. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a classic. It's nothing new, um, but people should know about it, um, especially fans of Stephen King's The Stand. I'm talking about the book Swan Song by Robert McGammon. Um, this came out in 1987. It won the Bram Stoker Award. Um, it's like a sci-fi horror fantasy um, novel. Uh, very long book. I, I think it's like some editions. It's 900 pages plus or whatever. So it's like on that epic scale, epic horror, um, like uh, Stephen King's The Stand. And so, uh, just kind of a brief plot synopsis. If um, if I can make it eight to 900 page book short. Um, so uh, there's. It's very heavily influenced by the Cold War at the time, so um, there's nuclear fallout basically after after the world's major nations, you know, attack each other, and um, it's set in America, and uh, we follow a group of survivors after this uh, massive nuclear attack uh, from the Russians and all that, um, and uh, one of the main characters essentially is an a homeless woman in New York city who survives the, uh, atomic blast there. Um, many, many of the major cities in America are attacked and, uh, it affects all the main characters, uh, main character, sister creep. She's a homeless woman in New York. Um, and then there's a young, young man named Roland, uh, kind of a nice nod to Stephen King's, uh, gunslinger, I think, uh, a young kid, Roland, who's, uh, with his parents at earth house, which is, a which is a shelter that a bomb shelter that a bunch of people made um, former military trying to protect themselves from imminent nuclear um, war um, that is taking place. So like there's a group of people hold up in earth house um, that uh, that doesn't go well. Um, There's a Colonel and this kid Roland to survive and they kind of team up trying to survive the wasteland afterwards. Um, Sister creeps trying to survive from her location in New York, city and trying to get out of there and uh then a young woman named swan uh and uh this wrestler named josh who essentially um is traveling across the united states going from city to city on a like underground wrestling tournament um and he's at a gas station and a, a woman and her daughter swan are there uh when the bombs uh burst across the United States and all these survivors essentially try to try to uh, make it in the world afterwards. And it's a very nasty, gory, um, action packed adventure for a lot of them. Some of them turn towards good and some of them turn towards evil, um, especially the Colonel and, uh, Roland. They, um, they, in their struggle to survive the world in, in its form after nuclear fallout, um, they they end up they end up uh, turning more towards the evil side of things and get influenced by this man with the scarlet eye, who's kind of wandering around um, and making people you know 
he's influencing things kind of like a uh, Roland or not Roland uh, Randall flag from the stand. If you guys have seen the shows or read the books. So um, a lot of heavy influences from, uh, from Stephen King, but it's very much its own thing. And it's really a page turner. Like um, it's, it's a long book, but it took like two weeks for me to read. And I was pretty busy and couldn't put it down anytime I picked it up. So like I would blast through like large sections of it in a short period of time. So it's like utterly readable and very suspenseful. Um, there's a lot of mysterious things happening. A lot of magical things start happening as a result of the, uh, nuclear blasts. Um, the, these characters are traveling the wasteland, trying to, trying to, trying to survive. And they end up, uh, all coming in a major kind of clash of wills, if you, if you will at the end. And it, uh, it's, it's a very good book. I would say it's, uh, I would say it, it's almost, in many ways, I enjoyed it more than The Stand, uh, reading The Stand by Stephen King. So, And I could easily see this becoming um, becoming like a miniseries or like a show or a movie. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't. But like, there's a lot of nasty things that happen like as a result of the radiation after the nuclear blasts. Um, a lot of the main characters you know, um, have growths on them, and it's not pleasant. And I... I would imagine it'd be hard to make a movie or a show with unattractive main characters, <laughs> like with, with all sorts of like radiation mu- mutations on them and stuff like that. It's, it's r- very gross in many ways and uh, it's, but it's worth reading. So I would give it, uh, I would give it probably like a nine out of 10 is uh, I gave it four stars out of five on my Goodreads account. If anybody has Goodreads, it's a nice app for readers. Uh, so for fellow horror nerds out there that like to pick up, you know, a good horror novel, I would say Swan Song by Robert McGammon. Check it out. Well, there you go. You got a, a book that's approved by the professor. Pardon all my ums and ahs and stuff. I didn't have anything written. I was just going off the top of my that's head. That's okay. That's okay. There was a lot of ums and ahs. There was there really a lot was. of ums There's and ahs. There was more in the book. There was more ums than ahs. If but... I were grading my students, I'd give myself an F. Nah, there you go. <laughs> well, we give you an F every week, so don't feel bad. That's true. <laughs> with, cool. that, with that being said, though, we get double review week because we also are going into a movie review, but we're going to set it up a little bit different. Uh, the reason we're going to review the movie we're about to review is because, as you know, part of one of the uh, new series we're doing here on the show uh, occasionally coming up is what could have been, and it's a uh, whole storyline of like movies that weren't made that there's treatments there's scripts there's you know some kind of idea out there that's confirmed it's not like stuff that's you know just like i wish this would have happened confirmed uh stuff that happened and uh, we came across a very good article actually a a number of i went down the rabbit hole i found a, a number of good articles about a sequel to a certain movie that we're all huge fans of that never got made and and maybe never will be made so uh Without further ado, this week we decided we're going to do the review of the movie because we've never given it a proper review, even though you've heard it on this show because we all enjoy this movie. It's one of the movies we all put up very high in our list of horror movies. And if you've never seen it, you should definitely see it. And the next week we are going to do uh, talk about the sequel. But it would be unfair to not do the, you know this first. So if you've never seen it, it gives you a chance to go see it. Yeah. Or if you've seen it, you can hear our review. And then next week hear what we think 
it could have been with the sequel. Of course, I'm talking about Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. And uh, by the way, I was looking at the promotional uh, poster. Way better than the actual what it was on the cover was of the that DVD. The, wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to see if I can hunt one of those down for the studio. Uh, you guys can't see it, but if you type in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, you can li- see it yourselves. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it was released uh, on March 12, 2006 as part of the South by Southwest Festival. It then went on to other festivals, and it did have a very limited release on March the 16th of 20, uh, 2007. or Sorry, March 16th of 2007. Uh, of course, it runs 92 minutes long. It was produced by Glen Echo Entertainment and Code Entertainment and distributed by Anchor Bay Entertainment. Is Anchor Bay even still around? I think they, so. Remember, they were doing a lot of work in the smaller genres back in the day, and I, haven't, uh, I don't know if I've seen anything in a while. I don't think. I don't know. Uh, the movie was written by Scott Glosserman and David J. Steve, and the, uh, it was directed and produced also by Scott Glosserman. Uh, it stars Nathan Basil, Angela Gothels, Scott Wilson, Zelda Rubenstein, uh, Robert Angland. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to make it in Hollywood. Who, yeah. who, who has a name like that? <laughs> and, of course, it also has a cameo. It's got a Benny's cameos, but it's got a big cameo by one Kane Hodder uh, crossing over to the Nightmare on Elm Street territory going into the Elm Street house. How funny is that shit? Yeah. Uh, Amazing. Uh, so let's start there. So the movie itself is about – oh, by the way, the limited release, it made $69,136, but it was a very limited release, so I'm not – I that really shouldn't count. Uh, so let's just go into it. Uh, this movie is a uh, mockumentary, if you will. Or I wouldn't even say it's a mockumentary. It starts off as a documentary. It's a meta film. Yes. So basically, uh, this film crew is is going to, uh, they open the movie, and this is where you get the Kane Hodder going into the Elm Street house, because this is a world where Freddy and Jason and, and Chucky and everything is real. Yeah. Uh, and Fred and Mike. Yeah. yeah. Fred, well, well, later on when he's, dro- he's name dropping people. Uh, it, it gets even better when uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. But if you in it, a world, yes. So they're going through and they're showing the houses, which I thought was cool. They show Camp Crystal Lake and they talk about Jason killing people there. And they talk about Elm Street and they, uh, you know, they show Kane Hodder going into the Elm Street house. Yeah. Uh, then they go on and they talk about they show the Halloween, you know, the Michael My- the Myers house and they talk about you know Michael Myers like and all of it's real. And then they say, hey, we've gotten contacted by this guy and uh, he's going to show us. As he prepares to become one of those legends, or possibly yeah. one of those legends, how this happens and works, and then we get into meeting, you know, who we come to know as Leslie Vernon, and the backstory, which you know, I'm going to try to stay away from. I understand that this movie is, you know, four or 15 years old at this point in juncture, but I, I would really like you guys to see if you haven't seen it. So I, I won't give away all the like prestige, if you will. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a way to talk about this without. Oh yeah, well it's easy. So basically, because I'm just gonna I'm gonna synopsis it over and then kind of when you guys are doing the review, if you give a little sum away, that's fine. But kind of tiptoe if you will, Uh, because I'm gonna basically. So when they meet them, he just travels around with them, and he they find out from him what he's gonna do. He takes them on like stalking missions, for lack of better terms. He takes them and meets his his mentor. Yeah, uh, Gene. Uh, by the way, the the line I was talking about, Mike, uh, was if you remember Gene in the because I re- to make it fresh in my head, I watched last night when Gene's talking about Jason. He's like, he's like, yeah, Jay, <laughs> like 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 Jason. He just turns into Jay. Like they're on like nickname like fucking basis, yeah. man. And he's like, they changed the, they changed the game, man. They came back and all that. They changed the game, bro. Because he's kind of like explaining. Because like, isn't it heavily? Uh, I mean, it's heavily hinted that he's he's I part of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, uh, Leslie's character? No, Eugene. Oh, okay. No. Well, the no. rumor was that he was Billy from uh, 
uh, Black Christmas. Well, I, I I also get the vibe. That I never the, got the reference. I don't know where people got. That I don't from. either I, because the he's wearing a Texas hat. Yeah, that is yeah. from the area of where the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he's talking about how they traveled around in a band of, of, of and then terrorize people, and yeah. that is like I'm not, I'm not saying he's Leatherface. But I'm saying he's part of that family. Yeah, probably. It, it, yeah. Kind of, it comes across. I, I never to got me, where that came across. Billy from. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that me does, as well. Because the he, Black Christmas thing doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense to me is because the Black Christmas thing, and I understand that's out there, is because they never kind of acknowledged Black Christmas in a way. But when he's wearing a Texas hat, he talks about traveling in in a in a family that's terrorizing people and you're like well that says it all for texas chainsaw so yeah. i always kind of like i'm not saying i don't think he's leatherface but i think he was part of that family that is what i've always gotten from it you guys can be the judge and watch it alone and i understand that that the rumors out there that he's billy from from black christmas but it doesn't fit i don't we see how we never fits. really there's no billy clues was anyways, yeah. right but there's no clues <laughs> and we from what we understood billy was jaundice yeah, like that is one of the clues we do get about him is he's jaundice, and then they overrun that fucking thing in uh, the the remake. Anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, so he we turn around and, and he's preparing. Of course, the big night comes. He's got his final girl. Yeah, he, and, and the and the and the or survivor the, girl. The surveying sorry. of the final the survivor, survivor girl. girl is yeah, is is uh that's a fun part of me. And of course, they explain he has an Ahab. And yep. uh, the Ahab is Robert Englund. Uh, Robert Englund's playing pretty much a Dr. Loomis role. Doc Holloway? Doc Holloran. Doc Holloran. And he's, he's, so he's playing the Doc Loomis kind of role, which is kind of interesting in this movie. Yeah. And uh, so we, we build towards the crescendo, which is the actual, like, we go through the planning. He literally, like I said, we're going to try to skip. I'm not going to give details. Just, like, watch the movie. It's great. They kind of go over the detail. He goes over what's going to happen. You even get to see clips. Yeah. of what the, the kills and stuff would look like in towards the planning. I thought that was really cool how they insert that in. And then the night comes and shenanigans outbreak. And we find out there's a twist. Oh, what a twist. Ooh. And uh, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to talk about the end of the movie because I feel like the end of the movie, uh, up until the end of the movie, I will say this. The first, out of the hour and 30 minute movie, probably the first hour and 10 minutes are a really good dark comedy. Yeah. The it's last, like a mockumentary. Yeah, yeah. The last 20 minutes of this film become a real slasher film. Yeah. Like, and it, it is good. I, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying, that, well, when we get our reviews, I'm going to go with it. And that's where you kind of end up. And I don't want to give it away because the twist, I mean, you can you, you can see the twist coming as you're watching the movie. Yeah. But it's still a good twist. And the execution is very good, I thought. So I don't want to give any of that away. Uh, Mike C., would you like to add anything to that? And I'll pass it to the professor. I just love some of Leslie's quips. Now, now uh, he really hasn't been, Nathan Basil hasn't done a whole lot of anything. And the guy was way to, way to, way to put him on a pedestal, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he really, I know he, he should be. I'm he just picking lot, on. I'm just picking be. on. The guy is really so good. talented. He yeah. was so perfect. There's nobody else that I can think of that would have been better in that role than he was. No. And like no. some of the things that he's doing, like when when they first meet him and they're talking with him, they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, you know, I'm stretching. I got to limber up. You know, I, I got to do more cardio. You know to." to keep ahead of all of you kids, you know? <laughs> so he's like talking about how like they run while he walks and yet he's always with them. And he's, he's explaining all the cardio that he has to do. He's kicking a, a heavy bag and punching a heavy bag. Um, so like some of that stuff, you know, it's just, it's hilarious. But my favorite line in the whole movie is it's getting towards where it kind of changes over to where he is going to start doing his killing. He's got Taylor and the film crew with him in the barn or in like a little shed. And he's got an apple press, and you see him putting apples in, and he's, he's 
turning the wheel and you know everything's coming out and she's like so uh so what are you gonna do with this he's like well uh you know you put you put an apple in the top and, and you turn the wheel and juice comes out and he's just basically he's not using it for a kill he's just making apple cider out of it apple <laughs> juice out of it so just little things like that that he does throughout the movie were absolutely hysterical and you know i i don't know i mean i on one hand I, the movie was perfect the way that it was and i don't know that i necessarily ever want to see a sequel to it but it left me clamoring for more yeah. just because i would love to see that entire cast back together um it is one of the most perfect horror movies if you can call it that horror comedy whatever you want to call it it's one of the most perfect horror movies i've ever seen and in my opinion it's definitely without a doubt one of the top 20 greatest horror movies ever made in history well, my all right. There you go, Professor. You gonna add something to the movie? Yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's really, it, it is one of my favorite slasher movies for sure. And um, it, the, the turn, and I'm not gonna give away the twist or anything, but the turn, like when, so they're following him, they're interviewing him. You really get to know, and Nathan Basil, his performance is great, and I really wish we've we we should have seen more of this guy in the last decade from this because. His performance is insanely good because you really get to like him. Um, he's he's a nice person, or you know, seemingly nice person. You know, the he gets along with the um, interviewers and everything. Uh, what's the girl's name? I forgot the girl's name. Taylor. 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 Yeah. Um, and you know, like they, it, he's very friendly, and you know, he he's uh, he's likable. He's charming. You know, and. Um, when the movie turns, um, when he, when it comes to that night, it makes it more terrifying. Um, like, yeah, it's a horror comedy, but I think it's actually scarier because the first half is kind of light and goofy because when he turns, it's like, wait, this guy is fucking crazy and he's going to kill me no matter what, you know, like, even though I thought there was a humanity inside him, you know, like he, the, the turn when he starts going after people is more, um, more terrifying because you've grown to like this guy and you realize, oh crap, you know, I shouldn't. And it, it kind of plays with the audience in an interesting way that way. And, um, his, his performance is even better, you know, cause like his eyes, like it's all in his eyes by the end of the movie, like he has he he doesn't see them as like the people he's been paling around with anymore and like he's just bent on like doing what his destiny is you know like and i i like his backstory that the vague kind of like he's built himself up to be this urban legend you know he had the the he killed his parents right or whatever that's the and um I don't know. The character Leslie Vernon himself is great and it's brilliantly played. And that's like the soul of the movie right there. Um, And uh, the woman who plays Taylor, she's really good too. Um, And it's got that fun kind of like rec three Genesis. I don't know if you guys ever saw rec three. Like the first half of the movie is the, the found footage part. The second half, the camera breaks and then it becomes like an actual like typical zombie movie. Um, but, um, this one does the same kind of thing, but I, I think it, 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 um, it, 
the the second or the last third or quarter of the movie, the final act is truly like scary. Yeah, like it, it's a it's one of the scarier slasher mo- movies because you have character development of the actual slasher, and it's like he's a likable guy, but he's a, he's nuts and he's a murderer and not a good person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we give our reviews, our final thoughts and reviews and give a score, of course, I like to tell about everywhere else. But if you would like to see the movie, if you haven't seen the movie or like a refresher, I can tell you that with a pre- with the premium subscription, it's free on uh, Sling and also on Amazon Prime Video. And I, of course, watched it on Shudder because it's also available on Shudder. Uh, so there you go. And I, I, if, if you don't have Shudder, we, we always plug it. They're, they don't sponsor us, but if you're a horror it fan and you're looking for something, awesome. Shudder's, Shudder's amazing. I'm not going to turn you away. So this is just another reason to have Shudder and all the great stuff that's coming out in April, as we know. Uh, we talked about that last week. So let's see what some of the other places gave it, because uh, for the most part, I'm going to say this has got it's, it's pretty well rated. Yeah. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.7 out of 10. Uh, Letterbox, uh, when they combined their scores, 3.4 out of 5. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 76% with a combined score, which I'm pretty sure the critic score probably drove it down. But Google users, 86%. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a, it's a cult classic. It's a pretty much movie. Uh, I'm just going to start off uh, by saying, you know, what more can I say about it? I mean, I'm a big fan of the movie. I like these kind of dark comedies, and they bring it around. This one actually comes around, and it gives you the horror payoff as well, on top of just a great uh zany individualism i agree with the professor you get to love the character and then that makes it a real interesting feat when you you start to kind of like fear the character yeah it's like oh crap i've been liking the wrong guy and Uh, i'm scared of him now yeah so you know it's 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 a great movie it's it's, it'll take you on a ride it's a good little zany twist like i said the twist isn't something you can't see coming but it's also one of those that is great and if anybody knows everybody knows and listens to the show i love movies that have a good swerve somewhere in there as long as it makes sense and that's why this one is another one of those that that makes sense to me not as good as april fool's day with the twist because that one you don't really see coming until the end at all uh, but with this one, it's still it's still good. It's still in that vein. It's still good enough that I'm like, ooh, I like this. I like where we're going. I like that they pulled the trigger. Uh, I'm gonna say, man, like I said, I, this is one of those ones I hold high. Uh, I, I give it. A, I believe I'm giving it a nine out of ten. It's a, it's up there. It's 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 just on the next echelon down from like the the uh, glories of like Jaws and Halloween and, and yeah. a few other movies that I give like that nine and a half because we know I don't give a ten to anything. So this is just a step down, but that's not a bad step. It's in there with Rarified Air. It's up it's it's up there with some really really good movies, including April Fool's Day. So uh, I, I dig I dig this movie and I suggest it to anybody. And it's one of the movies if uh, you ask me for suggested horror films, uh, this one's always a safe bet because even my wife who doesn't like horror films was engrossed with this movie uh, because until the last act it isn't i'm gonna tell you it's not a super violent movie no till the last act it there's not a lot of bloodshed if any you don't really see much uh but then in the final act it becomes everything it becomes you want it to be yeah, yeah you know and but but at the same point in juncture i think that's what drew my wife in because even the third act didn't bother as much she's usually squeamish. Well, the characters are great the acting yeah. is great yeah so I think that's why she wasn't squeamish though. Cause yeah. she got to see two acts of building character and like, okay, where's this going? So then when she saw it, it wasn't just violence for the sake of violence. She's like, Oh, yeah. there's a reason for the violence. Yeah. So I think that made a big difference to her professor. Give out that score. Um, well, I mean, I, it's, it's a near perfect movie. Um, it's tough to kind of judge. I, I mean, I'd give it a 9.2. 
Okay. It, so it gets into A plus territory. All right. I like it. Yeah. Mike C, here you go. The floor is yours, my friend. All right. Uh, first of all, one last thing I want to say about it is Paradise Lost. Found it. <laughs> that is a fun scene. Another one of the great lines in the movie, right in the library. Um, you know, fantastic cast, uh, brilliant story, a true love letter to slasher fans, um, you know, and horror fans in general. And uh, just just an amazing, amazing story. And it is possibly one of, anyway, the most criminally underrated movies I have ever come across in my entire life. Uh, how this movie didn't get a theatrical release is beyond me. And how I was seeing negative reviews about it recently. I was reading some stuff and people were saying how overrated it was and how stupid it was. You're not horror fans. Sorry. You're not a horror fan if you don't love this movie. And uh, this movie, I, I do my grading, obviously, either as like a point zero or a point five. Uh, I would give this a 9.9 out of 10 if I graded it that way. Uh, but I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10, which is as close to perfect a movie as I can possibly, you know, have. Uh, so it's right up there as one of the elite horror movies that have ever been made as far as i'm concerned all right i i'm fair fair enough uh um, well that he went in he went on people i yeah. mean i don't believe that you i believe you could dislike this movie like i said i i, I understand people, people the, like the, and dislike things well I, I i i think i was talking about in our chat i i've always put it in there the people who dislike this movie are like what they consider themselves like horror purists so like oh, if it's, it's not be, balls to yeah. the wall, just horror. There can't be you, any joy. There can't be any joy. There can't be any fun. <laughs> there can't. And I mean, and, and I'm not judging. If you're listening to this and that's you, that's fine. Everybody has their own stripes and colors. And those are usually the people who don't like this movie because they also don't like things like Ready or Not. Yeah. They don't like. They don't like anything that has fun in it. And and I get it. I get like just liking scary atmosphere gore whatever yeah. but at the same time you're missing a lot of great things out there's there there's a lot of fun stuff a lot of great things and those are the same and people that's usually the point, you know that's you. the point i make is this movie is so much fun that you know how can you not you know you're taking you're taking things too seriously i think if you only like like the the sadistic stuff you know that comes right because this, yeah. this well, is a fun 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 movie i mean me and when we were talking about it before and I, I you weren't i don't know if you were privy uh, it was a few months ago me and uh, the professor were actually just talking about april fool's day uh mm -hmm. and as you guys know on the show i do love that movie and there's people who, do, who give it bad reviews and the reason why is they're like i love the movie until the the twist i and initially like, was put off by the twist but the more and I've i'm like wait it. a minute the, here's the thing before the twist, it's an amazing slasher film still. I mean, yeah. it's an amazing slasher film, period. I should say that. Yeah. But the twist happens, you go, shit, that's original. Because yeah. in the 1980s, nothing was original. Every movie was cookie-cuttered, and it was the same. Let's my, be honest. My jaw dropped at the end of uh, oh, yeah. at the end of April Fool's. The first yeah. I was like, when they when they opened those doors, I was like... Oh, shit. This wait, is what, what this movie is? If you've never seen yeah. it, we're not going to give away too much. Watch the movie. It's was, amazing. I it's a great... Like, what? And that's the, the, the whole point of it is, like, everything else is kind of cookie-cutter. Like, you heard on the show, we I watched like, The Burning. What? The Burning was very good, but it was a clone of Friday the 13th. You know, like, all the movies, slasher films from that era that had a day especially were all a clone. So when when you see something slightly different it's like oh shit that's burning a lot had better that had a moment though it has, did have has a, moment. a moment it's, it has a couple moments it does and, it, and it, including the canoe scene <laughs> there, the, the canoe scene is a what like oh my god did that just happen like yeah, yeah. i agree but I, i'm not saying it's not great we all gave it good reviews i'm yeah. just saying if you think about it at its purest level it is a friday the 13th club yeah like and that's how a lot of the movies were and and there's nothing wrong with that because i love a lot of those movies i still yeah. do but when you see something different, that's when you're like, oh, man. And I think that's what draws me 
back back to this the behind the mask it's something different it's way different we've seen yeah. the tongue-in-cheek scream world this is different though this isn't yeah, just this... tongue-in-cheek making fun of the meta yeah the meta gets made fun of but it's in a different limelight it's in like almost like it gives it a real feeling the documentary seems real See, he seems yeah. like a friend you might meet and you're like oh shit this guy's really crazy but he's fucking fun to be around yeah you guys you guys know my <laughs> love-hate relationship with scream movies i've more or less come around to the screen movies more. Mm. Um, but like, I prefer something like this um, yeah. because yeah, like it, there's an argument to be said about the meta thing with scream. Like maybe the, maybe the third movie gets into meta territory, but like there, I don't want to bore the shit out of everybody about what is and what isn't meta, but like, this is, this oh is, yeah, yeah. Well, it treats better. the world like it's like, real. Like, yeah. This is like, and, and like that's why I like pause on the mockumentary because it's really yeah. not a mockumentary. It yeah. is shot like a documentary for the yeah. first hour of the film, and then like the the professor and then the says, story becomes then real. It, and then the story becomes real, and so now we have a cinematic and movie. And it's a and it's that's that's what meta is is like when the story actually references itself yes. as an actual story. This first screen movie doesn't reference itself as an actual movie. They're not in a movie. And they don't, none of the characters, Ran, yes, Randy says this is like a movie. The, this is like the horror movies we've watched. But him saying that does not make it meta. I think they're going, uh, well, I, I mean, I will I will point this out. Yes, technically you're right. But I also technically, technically, technically also, I, I feel like in the first scream, they break the fourth wall an awful lot. Like they, they, they kind of, but they nobody want you to directly be, addresses. nobody directly addresses it, no? but you, you are in on the joke. They make well, sure yeah. you're in on the joke, but and that's the whole that's the whole thing. Meta has to be a story that knows it's a story. Agree. So, like technically, Scream One. So, not so what meta. you're saying is, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back is, is a meta movie. Oh yeah, it is. Oh absolutely. <laughs> well, any like, uh, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a meta movie. Like Ferris is aware he's a character in a movie. He's talking right. Well, to he the actually audience. talks to the, yeah. the. He breaks the fourth wall. Period. Yeah. But okay, all right, true enough. I mean, this movie nobody breaks Randy, the fourth wall. Randy doesn't like turn to the hey audience. I'm in a movie. You know, this is what's going to happen. They didn't do that zany it's shit. Just, I will give you that. Yeah, he he's just like a nerd. Who he's like knows, the rest of us. Who knows the rest? Of, who knows? How he's like us if we were in a horror yeah. movie. We're like, like, oh, this is what's happening. I think that's why people give it that 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 yeah. feel because he's acting like it's we close. Would it's close, but it's not meta, and I will argue to the death on that. Well, technically, this movie doesn't break the fourth wall either. But, I mean, it but doesn't. The, but the camera break. But but the camera breaks, or at least it it turns it. Right. Breaks. Well, yes, but it's you, no longer it's a document. Yes, it, it does. No turn. longer becomes yeah, it turns, okay, and it's aware that it becomes it's, cinema. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right. Well, with that being said, though, I think Anyways. we've. I think the agreement Bored here the is shit that everybody. As I say, <laughs> I feel like I feel like now the professor's going down that slippery slope. <laughs> We had to get we had to get him off of there before he crashes and burns. But anyways, uh, I feel no. like uh, we all thought it was great. Hopefully, you guys have seen it. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Next week, we will be talking about the sequel that wasn't made. Uh, kind of spread some light on that. It's kind of interesting, and uh, you're gonna. I think you guys will enjoy that as well because I know I enjoyed researching it, and I'm gonna research a little more, and we're gonna have all that for you next week. But if you would like to talk to us about behind the mask, whether you agree, disagree, or other, please, if you disagree. We're not responsible for Mike C's reaction towards you. Uh, I just want to throw that out there first. But you can hit us up, Horizon 607 on Facebook. Like and share that page. We're at Horizon 607 on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag HZ607 when talking about the show. For all information, go to 8122productions.com. And if you would like to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash 8122productions. So, the, you know, just as little as $1 and you can help support everything here. And with that being said, Mike, it is time to take these fine folks home.
All right. Well, that is the show for this week. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week and listening to us babble on about our horror movies. We know you like them. We love them, too. That's obvious. Uh, Next week, as Rich said, we'll be talking about part two of this conversation, the unmade sequel. Uh, There was a comic book that served as a sequel, and that's possibly all that we're ever going to get. But we will be talking about that next week. I'll be I I have a couple of uh, the first episodes of uh, or uh, issues of the uh, the comic. So we'll, we'll be getting into that. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting conversation. I can't wait till we talk about it. So, uh, of course, we'll be also talking about the biggest horror movie news of the week. Can't wait. Hopefully we have some more stuff to talk about than we did this week. Uh, maybe we'll be talking about Rob Zombie's The Monsters and how it's going to be NC-17. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll find out about that between now and then. But you can be sure that it will be here, right here, on Horizon 607 once we do have that news. So, for The Professor, for Dakota Fanning, for Rich, I am Mike C, and I am saying, say ah.